All right. Well, the good news is you don't have to explore an alpha somewhere else. You can explore one with Trinity Church. So we actually have a little handout I want to give to everyone. Uh, Andrew and Natalie, who are leading Alpha this semester, are going to be giving you this little handout. This is a 21-day prayer campaign that we're launching today as a church. So I'm going to talk you through this. And uh, so the small groups that Cole talked about, you know, we're doing four small groups this semester, and Alpha is one of those small groups. And all the groups are important, and there might be a particular group that you just say, I just need to go to this particular group, that's the group for me. But it might be that Alpha is your group, and it might be particularly that Alpha is your group to be part of this semester because you have somebody in your life who you think this would be a, a great thing for them to come to. They're exploring, they're, they're, they're interested in uh, faith questions, spiritual questions, whether it's Christianity in particular or Jesus in particular, or they're just somebody who is, is open to these kind of things. Perhaps you're going to be a part of this group because you've got somebody that you can bring or multiple people that you can bring. So let me talk about this 21-day uh, prayer campaign. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to join me and join our other leaders. Join Andrew and Natalie are going to be doing this with me, but join us in committing to this 21-day prayer campaign because basically this, this Alpha Small Group starts in about 21 days. And this is based off of Luke chapter 11, verse 2, which is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus is teaching them how to pray. And he says, you know, uh, hallowed be your name, your, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. That's the prayer, that's the Luke 11, 2 prayer is God, your kingdom come. So go ahead and uh, open up this, this bro- I'm sure you've already opened it up, but open this up. We're gonna go through, uh, we've got three simple steps here. This is the call. So firstly, what we wanna do is we wanna write down the names of three people that we would like to explore faith. So we each want to think, and if you're doing this on, you know, online, obviously you don't have a, a physical copy of this, but you can imagine it along with us, right? Um, think of three people in your life that you think, this person might be interested in exploring faith with me. And I want to write down, in these bo- blo- boxes here on the right-hand side, I'm going to write a name in each box. And then I'm going to set an alarm for 11.02 every day as a reminder to pray for those three people and for uh, our city for the next 21 days. So go ahead, pull out your phone. Let's go ahead and do this right now. A double dog dare you, physical challenge, 11.02. I'm doing it right now, guys. Go on, go, this is the only time you're allowed, well, one of the times you're allowed to get your uh, device out in church. Luke 11.2. Okay. And you can look up that verse as well if you want to, pray, even pray, pray through the whole Lord's Prayer. Uh, but it starts off there, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. We want to pray every day, make sure you set it for every day, 21 days. I think there's real power in our church joining together in prayer every day at the same time at 1102 to start to pr- specifically pray for the three people that are on my mind and on my heart, each of us. And then the third thing is be open and expectant to see how God might use you. Oftentimes we will say, we'll, we'll, we'll decide for somebody else that it's not the right thing for them. Like, well, you know, they're, you know, I have a good connection with them and, you know, they know I'm a believer, but they don't want to come to this whatever it might be. We make excuses. Maybe we answer for people we shouldn't. Here's what we need to do instead. We need to have faith 
and we need to pray, and we need to ask God, God, give me the opportunity, give me the moment to extend that invitation. Now, even if you join another group, or you're a leader of another small group this semester and you can't be a part of Alpha, you can still do this. Because it might be that you have somebody that, that they go, they attend this without you. Or it could be that they, they say yes and you say, all right, now I'm doing two groups this semester because I want to do this other group and I really want my friend to come to this Alpha group. So that's the prayer campaign that we're launching today. And I want to encourage you, you know, as, you, as your alarm goes off at 11.02 each day, be thinking in your mind, I'm joining with all or many, maybe not everyone, but, but lots of other people at Trinity who are also at the same time praying for their friends and praying for these opportunities to invite people to Alpha. How, wouldn't it be amazing if God saved some people in our church? If we were all praying or saved people through our church, used, used our, our witness to, to bring people into faith, wouldn't it be amazing if we all not just prayed for three people, but we all invited three people to come? Think of what God could do through that. Okay, so that's my spiel about Alpha. We'll be talking about it each week, but I really encourage you to be thinking about it and praying about it. Let me shift gears and get into the sermon uh, today. I'm supposed to be preaching here. We're going to be in, uh, so we're gonna <laughs> switching gears into sermon mode, preacher mode. I'm going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. Uh, we started this last week. And uh, before, actually, before I go any further, I do want to say, let's give all of our volunteers today, everyone serving today, let's give everyone a big thank you for serving. Let's give them a hand. Our worship team, Cole doing announcements and on welcome and all our visual and audio tech people back there doing a great, great job. Thank you, everyone, for serving today. And it is an honor to have guests with us. I see a few faces I don't recognize, and I'm excited to have guests with us today. So thank you for being with us today. Um, so last week we started this series called Your 2022 Plan, Your 2022 Plan, and we looked at uh, the idea of this, this idea of doing, having a discipleship blueprint, and uh, if you missed that message, you can get back to that, that's on our website, uh, on uh, YouTube and on podcasts, you can get to that, uh, that was last week, and then this week we're continuing it, and we're looking at this book of, called Timothy, and this was written... Um, Back in the day, a couple of thousand years ago, by a guy called the Apostle Paul, or some people refer to him as a Saint, as Saint Paul, and Paul is a well-known Christian leader writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. Timothy is his disciple, his training leader. He's invested a lot in him, and Paul has written to him to encourage him in his Christian faith, and this was written just shortly after the life and ministry of Jesus, and he's written to him to encourage his Christian faith, and God, in his wisdom and his providence, has preserved these scriptures for us, that we also might be encouraged by them to live out the Christian faith, but also to live out our particular calling and ministry. As Timothy had a calling and ministry, we have a calling and ministry, and we are called and encouraged to live out that faith as well. So let's, let's pray, and then uh, let's read this passage today. Jesus, we thank you you're with us. We do pray that you would uh, bless these small groups that we're doing this semester, fill them up. I pray that you'd encourage everyone here to join a group. I really pray also for this Alpha group that we would have faith as we start this 21-day prayer campaign and as we set these alarms on our devices that we would pray with faith and that we would have confidence and that we would have opportunity to reach out and to invite and that we would see fruit from that. And I pray that today you would speak to us through your word. Speak to us through 2 Timothy. Help us to learn and to have faith and that we would be transformed and changed uh, by your spirit and by your word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's read. Paul writes this, he says, You, however, have followed my teaching, 
my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and, from, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is God's Word. Now, we read this last week, and we did the first few verses, and then we're going to be finishing up focusing, focusing on the second half of this uh, this week. But essentially, Apostle Paul, St. Paul, is a mentor to Timothy, a spiritual parent to Timothy. And you see two sides of the Christian life here. One is uh, a more mature Christian wanting to pour into somebody what they have received. And you see Timothy, who is still growing and developing and kind of coming into his own, is open and willing to receive from the Apostle Paul. And we see here described in this uh, the key foundational attitude, really, of being a Christian. And the key foundational attitude of being a Christian is that of followership. Followership. That's what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a student, an apprentice, somebody who says, I'm I'm always in learning mode, I'm always in study mode, I'm always in observing mode because I want to pick up, I want to look, I've got so much to learn from from those who have gone before me, from God himself, from Jesus. I've got so much to learn. And so the Apostle Paul has taken an interest in Timothy to invest in him, and Timothy is willing to receive uh, from the Apostle Paul. But Paul also warns Timothy, and he says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. There's, there's lots of deceivers in the world. There are people that obviously deceive intentionally. They know they're doing it. They're, they're, they're tricking people and deceiving, leading people astray on purpose for their own benefit somehow. But also... People can be deceived without knowing that they're deceived and then spread that deception to others. We're saying, B, you've got to really keep on guard here and watch out that you're not going to get pulled off track from your Christian faith, from what you have received. And we, we see this in our time. We see a lot of deception in our time. I think our culture is steeped in, in lies. We see we've lost trust in all our institutions. We don't trust our officials. We don't trust our media. You know, can you trust any headline now, any study or poll that you read, any, any, any leader, anyone that claims to say something, you, you almost think ah, they probably mean the exact opposite. You know, every, we, 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 we're so distrusting now. All of our, it's funny because we're living in this dichotomy where we, where we believe as a culture that our institutions are going to solve all of our problems, but also we don't trust any of those institutions, so we're really stuck. It's a real problem. And the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, giving him instruction, and we've got to hear these words too, that we have to take ownership and responsibility so that we are not deceived. It's so easy to be deceived, so that we don't veer away, that we have a firm foundation of the truth, that our life is built upon the truth. But it's not just general deception. We want to be in tune with that, because of course, you know, every, every culture can be full of lies and deception. That's, we're no exception to that. That's, that's true. We want to be in, in tune with that, but we want to be particularly in tune with Christian deception with Christian deception. 
The Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, continue in what you have learned. Don't, he's saying, essentially, don't get so enamored or intrigued by things that seem novel or new or somehow diff- so, so different from the foundation that you've received that they're not really the foundation you've received and they get you off track. So be very careful in what you're learning, in what you're being taught. Let me give you some examples here. There was, there's plenty of examples in the New Testament of divergent Christian teachings that were coming along that people didn't have the discernment to navigate through and there had to be lots of correction and lots of truth that was that foundational truth being laid so that Christians wouldn't be veering off track so they'd be returning to the truth. Give you a couple of modern day examples, some high level ones. There's some nuanced ones we could get into but probably time doesn't permit. But for example, something like a prosperity gospel, right? Where this idea of a kind of a health and wealth gospel where Jesus has come to make us all healthy, wealthy, rich, and famous to avoid all problems and suffering in our lives. Now, like all distortions and deceptions and false teachings, there's elements of truth in it, uh, but it's off track. Another one which actually has risen in popularity is liberation theology. So the idea that essentially it's guaranteed you're going to have kind of political or social kind of transformation or revolution even in the name of Jesus, and that it's guaranteed that would be a kind of a liberation theology, which again has elements of truth in it, but again is a distortion. Even something like a social justice gospel, the idea that well, we're just all we're here to do as Christians is just to do lots of good stuff and transform society and make it really good, and we're going to kind of keep the Jesus thing quiet, put a lid on the, you know, shh, keep a little lid on Jesus, and then if we do enough good, then we'll be able to say, hey, it was Jesus all the time. Bring out our Jesus from his little box. And uh, again, there's elements of truth in that that we want to be doing good works, but it's again a distortion uh, because Jesus and his message is the main thing. And then our works, our good works, our works of justice are a close second to that. So we want to be careful. There are, it's so easy to deviate from the foundation we've received. And Paul is saying, no, continue, stick with some of the basics. Keep building on the foundation. Keep building on the big stuff. Yes, there'll be advanced things you'll get to. Yes, there's, there's kind of exciting, advanced, some advanced things that you can get to in the Bible and in the Christian life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. That, that'll come over time. But, but don't get ahead of yourself. Make sure that you're, you're sticking with building on the foundation that you've already received. Already received. So easy to be deceived. We see it time and time again. But he doesn't just say, stick with the truth. He says something very interesting in these verses we read. Paul says, he says, continue in it, knowing who you received it from. He says that, knowing who you received this from. So think about it like this. We, we have a, we actually, this is, this is mostly a good thing, but we live in a, an exceptional day and age where we, we have so much Christian, good Christian content, uh, all kind of podcasts, books, uh, websites, conferences, all kind of things. You know, you, you, can, you can get Christian teaching like from, from anywhere, and, and some of it can be really, really good Christian teaching, but there can be a disconnect that we, we don't know who we're receiving it from. And even in recent years, you know, sadly, there's been some very high-profile Christian leaders who have fallen from grace in some very high-profile ways, and that's very dis- disheartening and discouraging when that happens. And part of the disconnect from us is that we want to be re- it, the message itself becomes more trustworthy, more believable, and has a greater impact on us when we are actually receiving it, not just from people's lives who we can't touch, but we're actually receiving it from people we're in community with. 
So yes, we can supplement our Christian teaching and our Christian content. We can supplement it from good sources. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But what we can't do is we can't replace the invention that God has created, which is his church, his family, being in a small group, coming to, you know, to church regularly, right, and hearing good truth, hearing Bible teaching, because it's, it's food. It's food. We want to be hungry to be fed by this particular food. And the message and the teachings that we receive become much more trustworthy, much more impactful when we know who we're receiving it from, because we know this person's actually living this out. Whereas somebody from a distance, you don't know. Like, and then if they, somebody falls from grace, you can start learning some things like, oh, they weren't quite living the way we thought. It was kind of more of a platform, more of a, an image that they had. And that's where being in Christian community, you realize, oh, I'm in this group, I'm in this small group, I'm receiving from these people, and I see their imperfections. I see how they're trying to change and trying to grow. I see how they're, you know, they're not perfect, and, and we're trying to learn this together. It has a deeper impact in how you receive and how you learn and how you grow and how you change. Verse 15, Paul continues, and he says to Timothy, he says, not, you know, he's not just saying, hey, you know who you've learned this from, from me, and he's, but he's not just claiming that Timothy's doing so well because you know, Paul set him up. He's, he's saying in verse 15, he says, also how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. You have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We learn here that Timothy is somebody who's not just received a lot from Paul, but actually his life has been shaped and marked by the sacred writings. He's talking about what we refer to as the Old Testament. So Timothy is somebody who has grown up and had a big background in learning the scriptures. Now, I've met some Christians over the years, people who have a long history, you know, going to church or being a part of a ministry or you know, being taught the Bible, and they almost resent it or almost wish that, that they hadn't had that, that they could come in fresh with fresh eyes and kind of have a more dramatic conversion and realize like, oh, now, I, now this is all really exciting and as an adult I can learn it properly, not be tainted by my childhood. But I just want to tell you, if anyone is tempted to think that, that's a real deception. It is an honor and a privilege. The longer you've had exposure to the Bible, the more you've gone in depth, the more you've heard, it is profound. It has a massive impact. What an honor, what a privilege. Even if it wasn't quite taught exactly right the whole time, it's still God's word. It still has power. It's still good. It can still shape you. It can still change you. It's pointless, really, to compare different people's backgrounds because you, you may be somebody who has no background in the sacred writings. You really don't know much of the Bible at all. You don't have much history in it. And so you're, this is your starting point if you're getting interested in Jesus. This is the point now which to build, a, build upon this foundation, build upon this truth as you move forward. But it's, it's pointless to compare. Do I have a, a history in it or am I learning now? It doesn't really matter. I would, I would also almost argue as well, just to encourage you, I'd almost argue as well, because of the context of that you've lived that we live in now is that we're actually shaped by the Bible much more than we realize. A lot of our phrases, a lot of our values, a lot of our beliefs and ideologies in our cultures, in our culture, if you don't realize it, people can be, they, they, they may not be a Christian in the sense that they have a personal relationship with Jesus, but people can be Christianized in the sense that they have a biblical foundation without even realizing it. And so as you dig into the Bible, you start to see, oh, I didn't, there are things you don't know or haven't learned before, but then there are other things that you start to realize, wait, that's where that's from? That's a Bible thing? Oh, I didn't realize that was there. Or I've, I'm familiar with this story, but I didn't know some of the details. And actually, it's very encouraging. You actually start to see, I've been shaped by this way more than I realized. And as I dive into it, it's got these brilliant gems in it that just come alive to me and start connecting the dots and making sense. 
Paul says to Timothy here that the scripture makes us wise for salvation. It makes us wise for salvation. If you reverse engineer that phrase, it's a little bit of a stark warning in one sense that the scripture gives you, yes, the scripture gives you wisdom for your salvation so you can live out your salvation for Jesus. But if you reverse engineer it, you realize if I'm not somebody, a Christian filled with scripture, I'm in danger of being foolish and in danger of getting off track and being deceived. That's why he's warning Timothy, it's so easy to be deceived. If you don't have a foundation in the truth, you can be pulled off course, pulled off track. And the exciting thing is about the Bible is it doesn't take long to actually start connecting some of the dots together. Growth in God's word and being familiar and being more acquainted with God's word is it's cumulative. It's like any habit. You start feeding yourself a little bit here or there. You get a little bit here, a little bit there, and it starts to build up. And you start to connect the dots and you start to see the bigger picture. And you start to see how it all works together, how it all makes sense. This is the, the found, whatever foundation you have. Maybe this is the foundation. Maybe today this is your starting point because this is what you're hearing. Maybe you have a long history of Christian influence and Bible influence. Whatever foundation you have, build. Start building and start testing that foundation. And here's why the Bible is so important. Verses 16 and 17. These last two verses here. It says, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God. That single phrase alone and, and several other verses actually as well are some of the reasons that Christians, why we are really we're fanatical about the Bible, why we, we're so convinced of, of the Bible, because it is directly from God. Not just, it's not just human authors writing down their own ideas. God used, God spoke through, breathed through people to communicate his truth. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is God's breath. Think about resuscitation. Think about mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Somebody's losing their life. They're dying. And you, you breathe into somebody else. You're breathing in life. You're breathing in life. And then they breathe out. If they respond to it, they breathe out that life again. That's like God, when we receive his word, his truth, it, pour, it, it, it fills us with oxygen, fills us with life, brings us, brings us to life. And then we can breathe that out. We can breathe that out. God's word is so powerful in this way. It says it's profitable for teaching. At Trinity, we don't, you know, we're not just trying to do pep talks or positive messages or, you know, we, we're trying to teach the Bible. That's a big thing. We're trying to, every week, we're trying to teach the Bible because it is God's breath that makes us alive. It's the truth that we build our lives upon. It's profitable for teaching. Jesus was a teacher, he came as a teacher. It's a deception. And, and notice this, notice this, if you, if you come across Christians or believers who start downplaying teaching and start talking about, oh, they start being very critical of teaching, you don't really need Bible teaching, you don't need to go to church to get Bible teaching, like, well, throughout Christian history, teaching the Bible has been like a huge staple of following Jesus. Jesus himself came to teach, we need teaching from the Bible, it's profitable, it transforms us, it changes us. It's cumulative over time. It builds and builds and builds. It says that it's profitable for reproof. What is this? Reproof is kind of like a, a warning or a rebuke that the Bible itself will confront us about things. And it's not always comfortable. Sometimes you read something in the Bible, Bible and you're like, ooh, I felt that one. That one, ooh, that, that's a hard one to receive. And it, it, it confronts you and it, it reproofs you and it, it, it convicts you. It says it's profitable for correction. This is where it's a step beyond that. It's not just confronting you, but it's actually setting you right. It's setting you right. 
One example in my life of this I can think of is several years ago, I was really struggling to forgive someone and I was holding on to some bitterness towards them. And, you know, just, you know how sometimes things just keep coming back to you, right? And you just, you know, you just throughout the day or throughout your week, you just, something pops up and makes you think of that person or makes you think of that, that situation. And you just struggle with those negative feelings and either ish wish, excuse me, wish ill on them, mixing up, mixing up my words here, you, you, you wish ill on them or you're just like, you just can't forgive them. You can't let it go. You just kind of want something bad to happen to them or whatever it is. And I remember reading in, in Colossians chapter 3, and, and this is a correction. You know, it, it, it says in, in God's Word in Colossians 3, it says, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. I mean, it's not even an option. It's not even an option. You know, I remember reading that. and just It's like a ton of bricks. It's like a ton of bricks. Just like, wow, I'm, I'm being corrected here. This is the power, the, the power of God's word is one of the best checks and balances that, that the human heart has. Because God is holy and he's breathed out his word and his word is perfect and holy. We're fallen, fragile, weak, limited, easily deceived, easily led astray, easily led to novelty or to what seems new or interesting rather than building on the foundation, building on the important things that God has laid out and saying, I just want to keep building, I want to keep going, learning what, I've, what I have been taught, I want to keep it that, I want to keep it that, keep working on that. Yes, there'll be other advanced things, but I want to make sure I'm never getting away from the foundation, never getting away from what I've started on here, which is Jesus. That's a correction. It says, it says it's profitable for training in righteousness. This is about your character and my character, our character growing and flourishing, having fruitful character where I'm, more, I'm, I'm kinder, I'm more patient, more generous. I've got a servant heart. I'm always asking, how can I help? How can I help? I've got that servant-hearted attitude, mindset. Well, I'm more pure. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of ways. How can I, how can I be, be, be more pure about my thoughts and my intentions and that's what the Bible does. The Bible causes you to think more that way. It digs in and it digs out those things in you that are impure or unsanctified. And it challenges you to grow. It says to be complete. That you might be complete. That you can do more good works than you could have ever imagined because God's word is your foundation. Because you've been trained by the, the sacred scriptures. When Paul writes to Timothy in this passage, you know, he says that, the holy, you know, the, the ancient scriptures, that the, the sacred scriptures, that they will make you wise for salvation, make you wise for salvation. I want to encourage anyone today, anyone thinking about doing Alpha, anyone who doesn't know Jesus, the Bible gives us this wisdom, gives us these insights that there's a holy God, transcendent God. We're fallen from him. And the wisdom that we need to receive, the, grace, the, the message we need to receive is the grace that only a sacrifice, only that the death of Jesus on the cross is the very thing that can bring us to life, that we can actually be saved, that we can receive salvation. That's the message that Jesus came to declare to us. And maybe that's the message that you need to hear today. Maybe that's the message that somebody else in your life needs to hear through this Alpha course that we're going to be doing. Maybe you're watching us online and you just stumbled across our live stream and Jesus is speaking to you through his word. Respond today. Turn to Jesus today. Maybe you need prayer today. Maybe Maybe you want to get baptized. Maybe you want to join a small group, join the Alpha group in particular. We'll give your life to Jesus. Respond today. But the other way you can respond is how Cole uh, talked about in announcements. You can text in the word ENJOY to 94000, and there's a menu there, and there's lots of options. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, 
Uh, text in the word enjoy to 94000 and you can, you can reach out to us. You can take steps and communicate with us uh, that way and get connected uh, through that. And also don't forget, don't forget to go to try.church plan and uh, check out that life journal there. And also just re- very, very quickly, I meant to mention this. Next week, you, well, you should have received these flyers when you came in, Questioning God. We're starting this really powerful series next week called Questioning God. And we're going to be going through these very foundational questions. You know, there can't just be one true religion. How can a good God allow suffering? This is going to be a very powerful journey for our church. Be thinking about that. It's beginning next week.